Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm John. And we have uh, invited uh, another guest in uh, with us and via a phone call. And joining us is uh, Linda Corona. Is this Karina. Karina. Did I say that right, Linda? No. Almost. It's actually Carino, but you were Carino. I was, I was so close. <laughs> okay. I didn't have it right in front of me. But Corona, you're thinking beer. I'm thinking beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hot out and you want beer. <laughs> yeah. The club is just next door, too. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Linda, we're so glad that you uh, are joining us. And I know uh, you have a, a huge list of, let's say, accomplishments or resume of, of some things that you've done. Uh, we recognize you from the Georgina Paranormal Society. Is that correct? Exactly. And and where is Georgina, or or where where does that name come from? Um, well, Georgina, Ontario, is uh, a little bit north of Toronto, so we're about an hour north of Toronto, mm-hmm. um, and we're on the beautiful shores of Lake Simcoe. Nice. Wow, that does sound <laughs> very nice. And how long have you uh, been involved with the Georgina Paranormal Society? Well, I created the Georgina Paranormal Society in 2012, April of 2012, um, because I knew that there was a need to do so up here. But I've been doing paranormal work for, yeah, you're sitting, right? 38 years. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Is that right? Well, you sound 20, so we're good. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you're my new best friend. <laughs> You know, obviously, you've had some paranormal experiences in order to uh, start this society. Was this from a young age? Or? Yeah, I had um, a lot of experiences when I was really little. We're talking like three and four um, at the family cottage. Now, I'm not actually from Ontario. I'm from Montreal. Um, so our cottage was in the Laurentians, which is a little bit north of Montreal. Right. Um, but my grandfather built it on an old uh, Mountie station. So therein lies, I think, uh, the issue of me having experiences from an early age. Right. So this this sort of spawned uh, an interest in the paranormal for you then? Well, yeah. I mean, I used to see um, a lot of people in uh, my bedroom when my parents put me to sleep at the cottage. Um, I could still hear them, you know, playing cards and doing whatever they were doing, but um, in my room, I could see faces, I could see people, and when you're really little, you can't really differentiate between what's real and what's not real, because mm-hmm. you take things at face value. So I assumed that there were people in my room, and they really weren't scary, because they didn't really do anything scary. They uh, made faces at me, which I thought were funny. Um, they would come in and out and sort of smile at me. There were men, there were women. Um, and then eventually I would just fall asleep, but it would happen all the time. And that prompted me to ask my parents, um, who are very open-minded, um, you know, what are, what's going on? What are, what are the people doing in my bedroom? And then, of course, as I grew up, um, I started buying scholastic books and there were books about ghosts and hauntings. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's what I'm experiencing. So, Therein lies the the past um, right. <laughs> of Linda Quirino. <laughs> mm-hmm. So did did your parents understand that? Yeah, they really did. Both my parents uh, were very open minded. My dad um, he passed away in two thousand one, uh, but he was um, an artist. Um, he was an actor. Um, he was also in radio, and he was. Um, really creative and open-minded and never made fun of uh, my interest in, in any of this. And being from a European background, because both my parents are Slovak, um, they were really open-minded about all of this. I mean, we used to tell stories. Uh, we used to have uh, relatives who uh, were very interested in things that were a little out of the ordinary, things that were more spiritual in nature. So they were very open-minded and they kind of encouraged me to, um, you know, have a, have a really open mind and a broad perspective 
um, on life, the universe, and everything. So I was a little luckier than most people, mm-hmm. but I realized when I got to school um, and in kindergarten and in grade one when I would ask people um, if they'd ever seen a ghost, most would laugh at me. And then um, that's publicly, of course. And then they'd take me aside during recess and say, oh, yeah, you know you're talking about ghosts. Well, I did see a ghost. So I realized that there was great power in commonalities <laughs> of experience. And that kind of just, uh, you know, boosted my curiosity, and I kept going. I kept researching. Georgina Paranormal Society was formed then. You you said that you were uh, heading this up? Yeah, I founded it because, um, well, I used to be um, with a group uh, in Toronto, um, I believe 1997 to about 2003, I was the assistant director of the Toronto Ghosts and Hauntings Research Society, um, and then decided to go out on my own after that and, and see if there was any interest up here um, in Georgina uh, about ghosts and hauntings. And believe it or not, I, I, it's all word of mouth. I mean, that's how this field usually works. Mm-hmm. Um, when people know that you're interested in this and that you know a little bit about it, um, they tell other people who then seek you out when they're having experiences. And then all of a sudden I realized um, in 2012, yeah, I think I need to, to have sort of a more formal forum um, and put a name to something so that people can find me and whoever I choose to kind of bring into the group. Mm-hmm. Um, they, needed a, they needed a place to go. They needed somebody who would understand and who would listen to them. So, yeah, I decided to start it up, and uh, it's been going ever since and getting even bigger and bigger. Did you uh, recruit people then uh, that uh, had experiences, or did people come to you and say, I want to be part of this? Well, it was interesting because I had been uh, doing some uh, lecturing on ghosts and the paranormal, and I was at the local library one day, um, and they just asked me, you know, could you come in and talk about ghosts and hauntings? And I assumed that they figured, well, maybe five or six people would show up. Well, there were about 50 or 60 people that actually came. Um, So we talked about ghosts and hauntings. I talked about some of my experiences that I've had, uh, some of of the research that I've done. And then at the end of the presentation, um, I asked the question of the room, you know, if I started a paranormal society in Georgina, who would want to perhaps uh, be a part of this? And afterwards, people came up to me. So there were about six people that came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I'm really interested in this because uh, I've had experiences and, and I've been maybe experimenting with investigating on my own and what do you think? So um, I kind of recruited from that particular venue and then the society has morphed throughout the years. So since 2012, we've had people come and go. We've had people that, um, you know, maybe had a different idea of what a paranormal society should be or how uh, investigations should take place because um, I have a very specific philosophy about uh, paranormal investigating. So um, some people didn't really understand that. They kind of wanted the more sensationalistic aspect of being a paranormal investigator. Um, but with me, I mean, we don't do any gratuitous ghost hunting kind of like wandering around graveyards and oh, okay. going yeah. out every Saturday night and um, never having time for your family. <laughs> right, right. So we kind of go where the ghosts are. So, um, yes, we maybe experiment with some of our equipment. If we get something new, we might uh, take a walk to maybe St. George's Cemetery in Civil Point. That's where Stephen Leacock is buried, so we might go over there and see what we can see. Um but for the most part, we uh, tend to um, be summoned by people who are having issues, and then mm-hmm. um, we go and we investigate those issues. So we don't really do any kind of gratuitous uh, ghost hunting and nothing sensationalistic. Uh, no Zach Bagans, come on out, come <laughs> in and scratch me. You know, we don't do that kind right, of stuff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds familiar, really. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like us. Actually. So, yeah. Your your society really is a place where, let's say that uh, somebody in the area is having experiences in their home that 
maybe they're negative or maybe they're curious and you guys can be a, a resource to either help resolve the situation or explain the situation? Exactly. That's pretty much what we do. Um, and uh, we have, um, well, I insisted actually that we have public paranormal meetings, which um, I think really um, help people to understand uh, the paranormal a little better because when you're having experiences, um, you really think you're crazy. I mean, yep. you really do, right? Mm -hmm. You think, okay, I'm losing it, or maybe I had one too many Linda Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was oh. going to make a joke there, but I, I'm going to bite my tongue. <laughs> you need to do it. You're one of us, Linda. You're just one of us. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> Yeah, but I think, you know, the, the, the public meetings, um, we have them once every second month. Um, and uh, they're open to the public, so anybody can come. Anybody can share their experiences. You know, we, um, we ask people to bring maybe pictures that they've taken um, or share anything that's happened to them uh, that they may be uh, upset about or curious about. Um, and then we talk about it. And... It's a safe place for people to go. We don't make fun of people. You know, we don't judge people. Um, and it's gotten to be crazy because at the beginning, I think maybe 10 people showed up. <laughs> and now um, it's, it's crazy. We range from like 30 to uh, at one point we had something like 110. Wow. It was ridiculous. Yeah, That's I know. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's a lot of fun. Good. How uh, how far does uh, your society do they stay in your general area of Georgina? Um, we've had people um, that come to the meetings um, from as far away as Oshawa, which is kind of interesting, and that's mm. pretty far. I mean, sure. that's, yeah, that's that's relatively far. But normally, it's Georgina, uh, Newmarket, uh, Bradford. We do have a couple of people who come uh, who also belong to um, a little group in Barry. So, yeah, it's pretty much centered in Georgina, but we're getting bigger and bigger. So, wow. I don't know, we may have to change venue because we actually um, hold our meetings at uh, Forrest and Taylor Funeral Home in the reception room. <laughs> wow. That is cool. Was it was it's it hard to fabulous. convince was it hard to convince the owners of the funeral home to do that, to hold your meetings there or were they pretty open about it? They were amazing. I used to actually be um, a Catholic church secretary. I know you're laughing, right? But I was a Catholic church secretary for about six years, and I got to know all the funeral directors in my area. And when the funerals were happening, they would sit in the office, and we'd drink coffee, and we'd talk. So um, I got to be very friendly with them. And uh, uh, Greg and Carol Forrest in Sutton are amazing people, and they were so uh, grateful, I think, that, their reception room is being used for something that really is a meaningful thing. Um, I think they realize that, um, you know, doing the work they do, they hear, I'm sure, a lot of stories, and I'm sure that uh, people have a, a problem dealing with grief. They may even have shared some um, some stories about people coming back, or do you believe in the afterlife? Or mm -hmm. So I think they see some merit in what we do as a society. Right. And uh, I mean, really, when you're a paranormal investigator, um, it's not as sensationalistic as a lot of people think. I mean, you guys you definitely know that. I mean, people think that, oh, it's so amazing, and you see all these amazing things, and it's just wonderful. But really, you know, we are the counselors of the paranormal world, right? We're like CSI uh, paranormal. <laughs> well, it can actually be quite boring at times. Yeah. You know, especially if, oh, if you yeah. if you get a place that's just not cooperating, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Or, it has its moments. Or, or it's very quiet. You sit there in the dark for hours and you're like, oh my God, I wish I was at home mm -hmm. watching TV or, <laughs> or doing yeah. something else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but like, then you do I have... a lot of laundry to do, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you do have those moments where... Uh, it's hopping, yeah. and you know you're running all over the, the yeah. facility or structure, and that's what brings you back. Chasing spirits and and it kind of rejuvenates you. Have you ever had any uh, paranormal experiences at the funeral home during any of the meetings? Um, we have actually had um, uh, lights flicker a couple of times, which uh, was interesting because there was nothing going on at the time. No. Um, 
no thunderstorms or no winter storms or any kind of uh, electrical disturbances in the area that we could see. Um, but we've had people leave because uh, some people who do come to the meetings are more sensitive. Um, they may be clairvoyant or uh, just sensitive, and they will leave because they sense uh, a presence that's there or they don't feel too comfortable um, or it feels heavy. Mm-hmm. They can sense that there's been a funeral, um, and they pick up on the sadness that uh, probably even preceded the meeting. So um, we've had those kinds of experiences. But to tell you that we've had, you know, strange, um, anomalous things happen, not particularly, although some of the pictures that we've taken do have, uh, you know, some sort of photographic anomalies. Um, and we have a lot of guest speakers in. So we had this one guest speaker, Susan Collins, who's a professional dowser. Um, and we thought it would be really interesting for people to learn about dowsing and what it entails and sort of the spirituality uh, that some people place um, on that kind of, of job. You know, because dowsing to some people is a, is a job, but it's also a spiritual connection uh, that you make while you're doing your job and a connection to the actual um, material, the, the, the thing that you're using, the equipment. So um, we took pictures while she was there and we've never gotten so many orb anomalies. And, you know, as a paranormal investigator, you know, when you say orb, you have people that, you know, snicker and tell you, oh, well, it's just dust. But honestly, when she was there and she was doing her experimenting and showing us how she used her equipment, it was pretty incredible, pretty intense, some of the the pictures that we got. Now, when you do investigations and there is something malicious in the home, Right. Uh, do you have your own means of clearing the home, or do you do you have someone on your team that uh, that specializes in that? Yeah, we're actually really blessed. From day one, um, my assistant director, Chris Shader, she's actually clairvoyant, and she is our resident house clearer. <laughs> okay, nice. um, she is uh, pretty incredible. Um, I would say a good 90% of the uh, clearings that she's done were, um, you know, 100% successful. There are some, as you know, some entities don't want to leave. So, um, and, and some places are just rampant with energy that comes in and out all the time. Um, and depending on the client and what they want, um, she's amazing. So we do actually have Chris, who is, uh, I mean, honestly, she's an amazing, amazing assistant. Do you know what she, kind of techniques she uses? Um, you know, she is very interested in anything native. I mean, we have a, a really large Chippewa population up here because we have Georgina Island, which is exclusively uh, Chippewa, and she mm-hmm. um, has done a lot of research into their techniques. Um, she uses noise-canceling headphones while she does this so that she can sort of hear a lot of the inner uh, voices and, and, and feel what's going on. So she uses a lot of that kind of uh, technique. Um, but she has her own way of doing things. I never really question how she does it. I know that it's effective, and I know that it's um, it's very spiritual in nature, and she does hear and sense way more than I ever could. But honestly, because I've been doing this a long time, when there's something not nice, um, I really know it. Right, yeah. <laughs> you can really feel it. Yep. So, Linda, give us an example um, uh, of something, like, you know, our, our, our listeners love, like, a, a good ghost story, right? Can you give us an example of a home that, you know, maybe had something that was kind of on the scary side and, and, and that you guys maybe helped resolve? Um, as a team, we haven't really experienced together um, a lot of scary things, but in my 38 years, um, I have a couple of really... Um, crazy things that oh, I've experienced. Um, sounds good. When I was doing it freelance, um, I went into a house in Ajax, uh, and you probably all know where that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just off 401, it was actually a townhouse, and um, a family was living in one room. They were all living in the, in the living room. I mean, they were absolutely terrified um, at what was in their house, and they had invited a family friend who was um, a psychic medium 
but they wanted someone there. And they'd heard about me uh, through a lecture that I'd given um, at Banff Springs Hotel, believe it or not. Um, So they contacted me and had me go on that same day that this person was there. And frankly, that was probably one of the scariest things um, that I'd ever seen because they were living in that one room. If somebody went to the bathroom, uh, they all went. Um, it was really scary. What it was scary. Was wow. That was a really weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> but we saw um, things being thrown. Um, I had gone into one of the bedrooms to put a tape recorder down. Now, at that time, um, I wasn't using a digital recorder. Everybody uses digitals now. But I was actually using your typical old-timey um, cassette tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember yeah. those? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had uh, left it in one of the more active bedrooms, thinking possibly I might pick something up. Um, so when I went to turn the tape recorder or the tape over in a tape recorder, um, I was accompanied by the psychic medium. And this tiny little um, souvenir in Nakshak, uh made out of little stones, uh, literally flew off the desk and... I mean, I could hear it. It was it was about an eighth of an inch from my ear. I mean, it was obviously trying to hit me. It didn't like me. It didn't wow. want me to be there. Wow. So that was a little scary. And in the kitchen, uh, we were all sitting in the living room. Nobody else in the house. We were talking to the family. The psychic medium was um, getting things prepared. She wanted to do a cleansing um, of the house with sage and sweet grass and all of that. And the cupboards in the kitchen all opened and slammed shut while we were sitting in the living room. And that was probably the most terrifying thing. You know when you're when you're terrified and you feel that that gut wrenching fear and that tinny taste happens in your mouth? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Wow. Yeah, that's sort of how I felt. I thought, okay, there's something in here that doesn't want us here. And um yeah, that was that was a really scary one. Yeah. Did you (laughs) did you leave after that or was there a cleansing or (laughs) Was there a finale well, to it? Did you, yeah, ever, it was, did you ever figure was, out what it was? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, we had picked up a couple of growling sounds huh? um, on the tape. Um, yeah. And uh, we sort of took that to mean that obviously something uh, was warning us, but it didn't want us to be there. Um, but this psychic medium who, you know, I, I don't really want to say her name, but she's mm-hmm. an amazing person. Um, she went through that house. Um, with the sweet grass, we had uh, some really strange things happen. One of the rooms, the blind went up. You know when the blind goes up, right, when somebody just kind of grabs the end of it and it just mm-hmm. shoots up and yeah, makes that horrible sound? Yeah, we had that happen. Nobody was under the blind. Um, but she stuck to it. She wanted me to go with her. Um, I had one of those little Kodak Instamatic cameras at the time, um, taking pictures. Nothing ever showed up on the pictures, mind you, but um, I really felt, that was one of the first times that I think I felt what true evil was. Um, But we went through the house. She did a cleansing, opened up all the windows. Um, And what was really interesting about that whole experience was um, when we got back into the living room, um, it did, first of all, feel much lighter. And it was only at that time that um, one of the family members shared that they um, used to work um, and didn't work there anymore. But they worked for a company that did, you know, those cleaning ups after horrible things happened. Oh, crime scene cleanup crew. You got that oh, right, yeah. And, you know, it was like, why didn't you tell us this at the beginning? Because obviously something followed you home. It mm-hmm. had to have been something that attached, followed you here, and was causing all of this. But after that, everything was wonderful. Everything was fine. Kept in touch with them for a good, you know, year and a half. Made sure everything was great. And then they eventually did sell the townhouse and move out but never experienced anything again. But that's what that was all about because mm. they worked for one of those cleanup yeah. crews. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think as long as that we've been doing uh, the podcast as well as uh, been involved in a paranormal group, we've sort of almost come to a conclusion that sometimes it's not the 
house that's haunted. It's the people. They've been followed by a spirit. or They've opened up a door. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really do. I think that, you know, there are spirits of place, for sure. Um, but nine times out of ten, in my experience as well, it's been um, something that's followed you home, something that's been attached to, let's say, a mirror or an object that you brought into the home, wow. um, something like that. And you know as well, um, when you are uh, a person who deals with this kind of stuff, um, you really have to protect yourself because um, you know that when you go into places, um, they can sense that you know that they're there yep. and they know what you do. And they can follow you home. You have to be very specific about, um, you know, no, you can't follow me home. No, you're not allowed to come through this door. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I totally agree. I think nine times out of ten, it's something that either comes with something or someone. Right. And, and Dan and I learned that last part that you talked about the hard way, being <laughs> followed from places. Um, we got very results oriented and, you know, people were happy and were, every, the activity's gone and we weren't thinking about tag alongs and we would start doing things and all of a sudden we got like, you know, shadow people in our homes and all these different things going on. But it's a very important yeah. thing. You're right to make sure that a boundary is set. Um, and that's where a lot of people, when they get into this, they don't really realize and they go to a, you know, a setting, a cemetery or whatever. And next thing you know, they got something at home and it's like, ah, what have I done here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, um, and I hate to say this, but um, they either don't understand um, the whole thing, uh, mm -hmm. it's bigger than us, you know, yeah. or um, they really want something to, to follow and attach. They want to experience yes. things. I've, I've come into contact with so many uh, paranormal investigators who literally invite that kind of stuff into their lives because they feel that somehow it gives them more credibility or, um, I don't know, it, there's something, I think, very warped about that kind of thinking. It really, um, it behooves me. I have no idea what they're even thinking. Um, yeah. Why somebody would invite that in, um, it's just dangerous. We had a, a client that we worked with and we've helped but we never resolved it uh maria all right she she and like her son usually ends up being the one tormented yet she can't stop her compulsion to go to these crazy locations like old uh, mental hospitals yeah, abandoned uh facilities and hospitals and mental health places and yeah prisons and yeah and, and then next thing you know she brings something back and her son's screaming in the middle of the night that he's scared to death or something yeah and actually linda that was going to lead us into you and i when we spoke on the phone um, I talked to you about how doing our thing that we've found a connection between paranormal and we're finding that sometimes it's becoming more often grays and you oh. kind of went, yes, yes, yes. And I, I said to you, we definitely need to talk about that. Well, why don't you let our listeners like give them a, you know, yeah, tell, so, them, tell them what we're talking about. First. So we were trying to help this person who has this compulsion to go to all these crazy locations. And Dan and I are big softies when you hear a kid who's being tormented and we wanted to help this little guy and we improve things a bit, but then all of a sudden she'd go to another location. Through our remote viewing. Yeah. Too. And then through our, so, so doing some remote viewing, we both went there with the idea of clearing his room and Dan has a technique and I have a technique. And then we both came back and had an experience and we're reluctant to tell each other. Yes. And so, because <laughs> we both thought the other guy was going to say, Oh, you're nuts. And so right. we ended up texting each other. <laughs> Dan grabbed a, a photo off the internet. I drew a hand drawing of what I saw. And then we said, Okay, send. And we sent it. And we both sent each other a picture of gray aliens. Yeah. And we both wow. saw that at this home. And so that's really? when I mentioned that to you. Um, and you said, yes, definitely. So we would love to hear you expand on that topic because that's something that fascinates us. Well, it's really interesting because ever since um, I've lived up in this area of the world, um, I've been in contact with people who have had paranormal experiences um, often after seeing what they can only describe as 
a UFO or something in the sky or Mm -hmm. a strange person who was walking through my yard and he didn't have a face and he was wearing sort of a red suit or, you know, countless weird things. And um, it seems as though um, lately anyway, I've really come to the conclusion that um, there's an interrelation between, um, you know, sort of extraterrestrial experiences mm-hmm. um, and ghostly encounters. It's almost as if, um, you know, we talk about vibration and we talk about, um, um, you know, frequencies um, and all of this. I think there is sort of an interrelation, a correlation between them. I think if you are sensitive to um, vibration, and let's let's say that spirit is vibration, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be sensitive to uh, different vibrations, different frequencies. And um, you know as well as I do, when people are sensitive, it's like whatever is out there, yeah. um, they know it. So they tend to be um, very attracted to it. And I think that's the case when you're talking about, um, you know, an interrelation between the two. I think um, alien energy is also very attractive to sensitives because it's like they know that we know yep. <laughs> that mm-hmm. they're there. Yeah. Does that make any sense it, to you? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's almost like there's a curiosity. Um, yeah. yeah. Kind of like, and, and I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like they seem curious that like, well, how come you do this and somebody else doesn't or, I don't know. I don't know the explanation, but it, it was amazing um, uh, that, that we had that experience. And then we both sent, it was the exact same time, each got the email and, or the text message. And it was like, wow, like it was just unbelievable that we both saw the same thing when we were trying to clear that room for that little guy. Yeah. And we saw other bizarre, strange things in that room as well. Yeah. Um, which we haven't really talked about at all. Yeah. We've kept that kind of so, quiet. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have people ever report like we get also get people talking about and we believe this is some kind of an alien encounter, people talking about owls in their room coming to their bed, uh, in yeah. their yard. Have you had those those types of things uh, come to you? Um, yeah, we get all kinds of strange things sent to us. Um because, you know, we have a website so we get a lot of hits from that. Sure. Um you know, Facebook page, we get a lot of messages come through and they will say things like that. They'll say owls yeah. um, or sometimes they'll say cats. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the eyes. That and are... that makes sense. You yeah. know, the big eyes. Yeah, sure. Um, but interestingly enough, um, I just came back from Ottawa. Um, I have a, a sister who lives there and um, through Paranormal Survivor, um, I've been meeting a lot of people who've reached out. Um, and one person in particular was having experiences uh, in her apartment in Ottawa. Um, and Katie Turner, who's another one of the, the paranormal experts on the show, she had visited her. Um, and I went to visit this lady when I was there as well. And interestingly enough, um, Katie had done a clearing um, and uh, it doesn't seem to have taken. And the lady who lives in this particular apartment was mentioning the fact that um, she feels that she has experienced um, alien uh, encounters. Right. And we had a discussion about the fact that um, it's all fine and good if you want to go in and stage a house and try and clear a spirit from a house. But does sage and sweet grass and all of that work on alien energy there's something for you to consider See, I've it been told that it to does. be working right so I've, I've heard that sage will actually work on low-level alien entities right and uh, we've come across some people who have described what would we would consider to be an alien mm-hmm. and we told them to sage and things have settled down and so you know I don't know if it's just the intention, you know, because people believe that sage will yeah. work, or if it, right. or if there's something in it that actually clears the vibrations or or the, well, the portal that's, I, that's open. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I have uh, been told that uh, sage, uh, when you burn it, it burns at a at a particular vibrational 
um, you know, um, I don't know what they call it, but it, 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 it's a vibration that's sort of akin to um, spirit. So that tells them that they shouldn't be there, that they need to move on. But in this particular case, it doesn't seem to be working. So it's almost like, okay, maybe we need to bring in someone else. Uh, maybe we need to bring in someone who's well-versed in, in perhaps um, alien energetic beings. Um, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, up here where I live, we have a bunch of UFO reports all the time, right. all the time. Well, you actually have oh. the, the head of MUFON Canada in your area, too. Exactly. Yes. And we've had that book, I think it was, what, The Missing Seven Hours or something, mm-hmm. um, written about Jackson's Point, which is basically down the street from me, and that was in the 70s. Um, and there's a, a, a YouTube um, video that, if you are interested, I believe um, it's um, Henry McKay, ufologist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he interviewed um, someone... Um, Actually, no, it was Ron Knight, I think, interviewed Henry McKay um, in the 70s um, on a radio station, and that broadcast is on YouTube. And while he was being interviewed, someone called in from Willow Beach near Jackson's Point saying, I'm looking at a UFO right now. Um, and then again, all the everything went crazy in the studio. Uh, they were getting strange uh, clicks and, and really strange stuff. And then somebody actually called in who they said might have been a, a man in black who was questioning everything. Whoa. So you might want to, yeah, listen to that. So <laughs> wow. cool. I think there's an interrelatedness. I mean, I really do. Uh, I, I do. totally do. Uh, I, I, you know what? I seem to think that either the pathway that if someone's getting, like, and I don't know how the, the visiting's taking place of like, the, say, let's say a gray alien is remote viewing this child that we've tried to work with who seems to have some abilities uh, and he's very young. Um, it's almost like the spirits then use that to make that like a pathway. And right. this little kid, like he's got, like we've never really talked about it, but he's got like an activity off the chart in that room. Uh, we've tried doing things and, and it seems like they just keep coming back no matter what we do. And we've had her burn sage and it's done nothing. She still sees the owls coming to her bed, which I believe right. is... Is, is great visitation. That's my personal opinion. But I- You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Linda, you mentioned uh, Paranormal Survivor. What's your relationship with that? Um, well, for the past few seasons, um, I've been participating on the show as uh, one of their paranormal experts. And anybody who knows me knows that I don't really like the term expert mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. I truly believe that, you know, nobody truly is an expert. You might have a little more experience than someone else, but yeah. does that make you an expert? Um, because let's face it, we're always learning. Sure. I don't think we ever stop learning until our heart and even then, um, we probably continue on in another dimension, learning everything we can. So, yeah. um, but it's a it's an interesting um, experience because some of the um, some of the things that we hear about that people have experienced and are continuing to experience um, on the show, they've chosen to share those experiences. I mean, honestly, I don't know how. Um, and you, John, I mean, you're one of them. How do you live through that and not be a changed person, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. No, actually. It's amazing. My life made a 180 because I would have been the guy around a table of people who were just chatting who would have made the, the kind of snarky comment if somebody talked about something of that nature. Right. And it was almost like life said, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's tune you in, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and like I went from... At the beginning, totally, all I wanted was all of the activity to stop, and then I didn't want nothing to do with anything of any kind. And then uh, through Dan and Tony and all them, I kind of, the curiosity stayed there, and the next thing you know, it just kind of, it's kind of spiraled from there. And I also had bizarre experiences. It's like this opened up a door, and I wasn't able to close it. And now I don't have a desire to. I think that's true. And everyone that I've talked to that's had an experience um, it's, it's, you know, that famous saying, you can never go back. Yeah. Um, 
I really think that's true. I think that once you open a door, um, you have sort of awakened something within not just your soul, but in your mind um, that, you know, you just have this compulsion to understand it a little bit more. Um, You know, your perception is never the same. And when people talk to you about the experiences that they've had, um, you really want to help them. There's this compulsion to help people because you totally understand what they're going through. That's right. Um, yeah, it really changes you. You're not the same. You're yeah. totally not the same. I had a yeah. massive compulsion to help because uh, for so long I didn't know who to talk to and it was just me. And you know, you oh, said in the beginning you, you started to question your sanity. Um, yeah. and, and I've said it and um, it, Dan's working on a book on, on, on this um, for me. And I think I even mentioned it that uh, I actually was actually thankful for when I started getting bruises because you couldn't, you, you're not crazy. Cause like I couldn't punch myself in the back as hard as I would want to and leave a bruise. Right. And right. it was almost like it was like something tangible that could say, you know what? You're not crazy, but you do. Yeah, you go exactly. through everything. Yeah. Like a physical manifestation of something that was happening that you really, you could show people and say, yeah, look at this. That's right. <laughs> Linda, have you ever had a an attachment follow you home? I have had um, a couple of attachments, yeah. Um, one of them a couple of years ago because I was um, very shoddy in um, <laughs> not, um, uh, well, put it this way. We were testing equipment um, at a graveyard. We had gotten a brand new SB7 and uh, my assistant and I decided to go to a local cemetery um, which um, is not too far away. And it was one of those nights where um, it had started raining. So, of course, we had to pack up really quickly. Um, and we did have, a, have some experiences there. That was the first time that I've ever had um, a spirit tell me to, to F off. That was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. That was lovely. Yeah, that means you're a true paranormal investigator. When they tell you to F off or they call you by name, then you know you've made it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, Linda's here again. Oh, great. Yep. So that particular night was interesting because um, it was raining, and of course, I, I got home, and I was taking heavy things out of the car, and I was thinking about everything that I had to do, and I walked through the door, didn't even think about doing what I normally do, which right. is telling them, no, if there's anybody following me, you're not allowed. I mean, I'm really good at doing that, but that night... I was really crappy at it, and I came home. Everybody was asleep, and I just got ready for bed, crawled in, closed my eyes, and I I knew that somebody was standing at the bedside. I knew that there was somebody watching me. I could literally sense it. I could feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, I could even hear it breathing, and that freaked me out. And my cat was not on my bed, so she was hiding, and normally my cat is always on my bed. She's a suck. She loves her mom. She sleeps with me. She snuggles with me. She was nowhere. And I thought, okay, I brought something home. So my husband, who um, I've been married to him for 33 years, um, he is very supportive in everything that I do, totally understands that I do it, not exactly why I do it or not exactly how I do it, but he's really good. Um, I just literally talked to the air. I did not open my eyes. I said, okay, whoever you are, you need to leave. And if you're not going to leave, then guess what? I'm getting up and I'm getting the big guns. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you, I'm going to, I'm going to literally make you leave. And I threatened this thing and I don't ever do that, but I felt threatened myself mm-hmm. by whatever it was. And I had the distinct feeling that obviously whatever it was, was the same person that told me to F off in the graveyard. Right. <laughs> so yeah. And it, it, it left of its own accord. Oh. It just, it went, it just left. Right. And I was so grateful. I think I was kissing the ground at that point. Um, and within 15 minutes, um, the cat was back. She was on the bed. Everything was great. Um, and my husband never said, yeah, who were you talking to last night? He just kind of, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things he's used to me doing stuff like this, so he doesn't even question me anymore. He was too scared <laughs> to open his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, um, I've had a couple of things follow me home, but mercifully, I have been able to get rid of them really quickly. So 
I'm a lot luckier than some people that I know. Um, I've had some investigators who brought things home in the past, and it's been really hard to get rid of them. Yep. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it just, it is a fact. It's we a fact are, the, we are those people, unfortunately. Yeah, you, oh no, you are those we, people. We oh, learned no. the hard way. Yeah. And we got, oh, a, no. we got an earful from uh, Michelle de Roche about yeah. it. So, <laughs> one, of, one of your, one of your fellow experts yes. on the, one of your, uh, on the cohorts. Paranormal survivor, so, yeah. But you live, you live and learn. Yeah. We're still learning, like you said. So, yeah. Yeah. I just Dan keep... and I were so results oriented. We just kind of got lazy with the other stuff. We never even thought of it, though. No one, no one taught uh, I, us, right? I did thinking that I should, but I was just like, you know, the, we'd have somebody say, like a kid who was tormented and it, it just stopped. And I'd be like, yeah. And then you forgot about yeah. the protection, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we, we didn't sit down, right? Yeah. And she, how did Michelle say we were leaving cookies? We were leaving breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs back to our house. And that's why oh, like, yeah. my house was like Grand Central Station. I had all kinds of stuff going on. It was yeah. uh, a really busy really? house. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. No, no. <laughs> Learn now. Linda, have you ever had an experience with or heard of the hat man? Oh, yeah. You mean the dark creatures with the top hat? Yes. Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. We've dealt with um, a couple of, uh, of kids, actually, that saw that particular thing um, in their bedroom. Um, and we went in to, uh, to do a clearing. Uh, picked up on uh, some interesting energy on a connect um, in the room that that was happening in. So we knew that there was something there. Um, got some hits on our, our EMS and all of that. But... Uh, didn't manage to see them ourselves, but definitely felt that there was something there and managed to clear them. But we've heard about um, those men in top hats for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say in my 38 years, I've heard of them for about 30 years. Well, it's it's a worldwide phenomenon. And oh. I just heard a theory recently that they are actually uh, the men in black. As yeah, is yeah. in an entity form. So yeah, I've heard people, that too. people think that they're more of an alien type spirit than, than say a demon, right? Well, it's interesting that you say that too because recently um I've heard them described as the watchers and yep. um I believe that because every um every experience that they're linked to People have said to me personally that they feel um, that they're they're threatened only in as much as they often always feel watched, whatever they do. So they don't really yeah. feel that they're going to possess them. They don't really feel that they're going to take them away. They don't really feel um, any of that. They feel threatened because they're in constant surveillance mode. Right, yeah. Like in a corner of a room or the end of the bed. Yeah, we hear the end of the bed quite a bit. End of the bed's a big one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they say um, that they have red eyes. Yes. Yeah, and no, not that's not been our experience, but I, and I hope I never see one of those, though. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Well, you've had <laughs> you have had the hat man. Oh, yeah. You just didn't have the red eyes. You didn't have the red eyes, yeah. So, yeah, I've had him. He hung around my house for a little bit, um, scared me to death by leaning over my bed looking at me, and... Oh. In the corner of the room. Your selenite lamp helped get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. We had a recommendation of a selenite lamp was something I needed, whatever that does with my energy. And activity in my room is not a zero, but it's not far from it. Um, So that that was was the thing that worked for me was a selenite lamp. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was recommended by a lady who, she had some freaky information that she was able to pull out of me without even me saying a word. And I thought, you know what, I'll try it. And it, it seems to work. And again, sometimes with this, uh, belief is also a big part of it. Yeah. Yes. You know, so if you believe that that, that crystal you're holding is going to help it, it, sometimes yeah. it does, right? So, Linda, you yeah. said yeah. you worked uh, for the Catholic Church for a while. I did. Are you a religious person? Um, not really, no. I'm more of a... Um, an open-minded spiritual uh, person. Mm-hmm. I used to be a practicing Catholic uh, to the point where, you know, um, I would go to confession. I, I was okay. a real good little Catholic girl. And then I had an experience working at the church that changed me a thousand percent. Okay. Changed my belief system a thousand percent. Because when you're Catholic, um, you are 
led to believe that uh, churches are, are, are on sacred, consecrated ground, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we're well, told. I had an ex- yeah, I had an experience that changed all of that, that whole perspective for me, um, because um, I had to go and, and put out all of the um, the prayers for the weekend. Every Friday after work, uh, my job was to make sure there was enough wine, there was enough bread, um, there was enough of everything, all the candles were filled. Uh, I had to go up to uh, the altar, make sure the prayers were there, um, make sure that all of the lectors had everything that they needed. And one night um, I went to do that, and I had been feeling uh, compromised in the church for a very, very long time, like something was lurking um, and watching me. And I could never really put my finger on it, but at the time I was having some really crazy experiences uh, working at the church and wondered, you know, what the heck was going to happen? I knew that something ultimately was going to happen that was going to change me. And I mean, looking back at the time, I don't think I had that kind of clarity, but now I think I I, I really did um, know that something was going to change. So this is what happened. Went and I put the prayers up, okay, mm-hmm. turned around to walk down the middle aisle of the church. Um, now, as a Catholic, um, the consecration or the consecrated blood and body and blood of Christ is you know, it's behind you um, when you're walking away from the altar. Mm-hmm. So I was walking away from the altar, and I heard, uh, I was the only one in the church, I heard an evil laugh coming from the sanctuary. Wow. That completely changed me. And I was a very faithful person. I, I don't think I believed everything because, sure. let's face it, I'm, I would never, ever believe anything blindly. Sure. But I was a really good practicing Catholic, and that changed me because I thought, how can something evil be in a place of, you know, yeah. um, of good? A sanctuary, religious yeah. sanctuary, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it was right wow. there. Wow. And I literally, I thought, okay, I'm a paranormal investigator. And by the way, I was told not to really share that with many people when I was working at the church. Sure. No, the church um, doesn't like that kind of thing to get around, does it? Well, you know, it was really strange. i got to tell you this. When I turned around, because I literally thought, what am I going to do here, right? I'm stuck. I am, I am completely frozen because I heard this laughter. And it was evil. It was not a good laugh. I flipped around thinking, I'm going to see, like, something horrible. I'm going to see something evil. I'm going to see some sort of, a, I don't know, gargoyle-like creature, something right. out of Stranger Things, right? Right. <laughs> um, and there was nothing there. There was absolutely nothing there. Wow. But the sense of evil that was there was palpable. Right. And I literally screamed and yelled at it and said, you know, you are not allowed to be here. You are going against everything that I've ever been taught, um, even as a small child. So um, I left, um, told the priest that I worked for at the time, who didn't believe a word that I said. Um, And to this day, it has literally changed my perception of, um, you know, a holy place. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's the most incredible experience I've ever had. Wow. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so what do you think happens? There you go. <laughs> so what do you think happens to us when we pass away then? Sorry? What do you think happens to us when we die then? Well, you know, I think that, obviously, um, I think that we live on in some way. I think that some of us, um, choose to stay because we may have unfinished business or we choose not to go for a little while, perhaps. Or we don't know um, we've I, passed on, right? Yeah, some people don't understand that uh, this is the end of um, this existence on this vibrational plane. Um, but I do think that some people go. I think that there are um, much greater things that we have to accomplish 
um, at a different level of existence. I really believe that, mm-hmm. uh, but I certainly don't believe that we stop. I don't think that life ends. We're energy. Energy does not, um, right. it does not die. Energy no. goes somewhere, right? So um, if you do the work that we do, you have to believe that it goes somewhere. Now, we've actually run into spirits that haven't crossed over because of their religious beliefs. Oh, yeah. Where they haven't gone into the light, so to speak, because they thought they were going to be punished for not being a good Christian or a good Catholic or or whatever. And, you know, when John and I have confronted a couple of them doing our remote viewing, we've told them, look at, look at, you know, it's just time to move on. No one's going to judge you. Yeah. And... You know, there might be people on the other side waiting for you. And, yeah. you know, I hope that I haven't sold them down the river and sent them somewhere where they really didn't want yeah. to go. But I, I, I felt that was was true. because yeah, I believe that. Because I had I an uncle who uh, committed suicide. Uh, he had terminal right. cancer. So we thought, well, screw this. I'm just going to take the quick way out. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, he's come back as a spirit guide and helped John and I several times. Several, yeah. And so that, that's really changed my idea that, you know, if, because they say suicide is the ultimate sin. Right. And exactly. if he's done this and he's come back and he's assisted us with moving other spirits along and, and other things, then, uh, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's making up for that, like a penance. Yeah. Or maybe thing. our belief system or, is a little bit worse. Yeah, or maybe our belief system is right out in left field. Well, it's interesting because um, people often ask me, you know, so what do you think happens? Well, I can tell you what I think happens based on, um, you know, experiences that I've had or uh, spirits that I've encountered. But, I mean, truly, we're never going to really know unless a dead guy taps us on the shoulder and says, Oh, by the way, I'd like to tell you about the nature of the Right, right. I wish they would, but yeah. yeah no kidding. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 They never do, though. Me too. Sorry. I was just going to say, it almost seems like a, a secret, because definitely, you know, we talk about our evil spirits. There are good spirits out there, or ones that protect us. Uh, yeah. But you wish they could tap you on the shoulder and tell you, but it's almost like they're, you know, they have to leave that to, uh, you have to learn from it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like there are some rules where they are, right? And they can't break them. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, so maybe there is somebody running the show, like yeah. a, a referee, so to speak. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, you never know. I think there is because um, I had been speaking with someone um, in England who um, was basically telling me that they were connecting with spirits who were telling them that there are rules and regulations on the other side and that, uh, you know, we're not really meant to see um, definitively uh, what goes on because there is a rule that states, yeah, no, you're never going to know. You're not going to know until you move on. Right. So, you, so that's kind of interesting that you talked about that too. Yeah. yeah like, um, it's something that I think about a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and we, yeah, you we've brought it up on the show a few times too. So yeah, it's nice to get people's perspective. Yeah. Who do sure. this. Now, this is a totally different segue here. Um, The other topic that uh, we always get into, do you guys, uh, do you have ever people contact you with anything like like cryptids and things like that? Um, All the time. Okay. Do you want to share a little bit with that? Because that's something, you know, you got people who listen to the pod, they like UFOs, the people like ghosts, the people that are into the cryptids and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, Oh, yeah. We actually have up here a lot of reports of what people call skinwalkers, interestingly wow. enough. Um, they're the kind of naked ones that kind of look like they're um, walking on all fours. They look kind of humanoid, but not not really. You're kidding. Um, yeah, we get them a lot up here. As a matter of fact, recently I got a report um, of somebody seeing exactly that. Um, on Lake Drive, and it's usually in the same location, which is interesting. Um, Lake Drive, right near the water, um, and right near where a lot of people also report UFO activity. So, again, you know, you talk about um, the interconnectedness thing. Um, is there a connection between, um, you know, cryptids, uh, UFOs, um, ghosts, and spirits? 
there's got to be. I mean, I I recently, I I listened to this great interview um, on, um, gosh, I can't even remember what the heck it was. It was on YouTube. Somebody had sent it to me. And it was um, um, an interview about exactly that, you know, whether there was a connection between all of this stuff. And uh, I'll send you the link at some point. Um, okay, sure. Because you have to listen to it. It's, it's one of these incredible things. And they were talking about, um, there's a place uh, called Skinwalker oh, Ranch. I was I just about, about to that. say that. I was yep. just about to say that. Yes. There you go. See? I love, well, I I love the We're the, on the, the same vibration the, here. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they talk about that place, and and there is an interconnection there between all of those things. Um, you know, poltergeist phenomenon, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, cryptids. Um, they claim that they saw strange wolf-like creatures there, and up here, people claim that they see this this humanoid, weird kind of thing that walks on all fours, and um, they see it at you know two, three o'clock in the morning when they're coming back from a party or whatever not drinking, they're driving, and they see this thing in their headlights. And then they email us, tell us about it, and not, you know, uh, two weeks later, somebody else from the same area said, you know, oh, my God, I saw this weird thing in my backyard. I got up to get a glass of water, mm-hmm. and there it was, and it looked human, and it was on all fours, and it looked naked, but it wasn't really human. So what the hell was it? Yeah, we haven't had that yet. That's that's really amazing. Road trip, boys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, one of the things Dan and I talked about, and Danny as well, we would love to attend one of the meetings that you guys hold. Oh, yeah, that would come be up awesome. there. Oh, yeah, definitely. We'd love to come up there and listen. So um, open to anybody. You guys just, you hold the meetings and... Uh, how do you sp- spread the news of it? Is it just word of mouth and people are, it's, it's just gained traction that way? Um, we actually um, list all of the upcoming meeting dates on our website. Okay. Um, and we do create a Facebook, I guess it's an event page. Okay. Um, whenever they're coming up. So about a month before, we'll create an event page. And we often have guest speakers that come out and they talk on a variety of topics. Um um, we had, you know, a local uh, mystic come out and talk about um, how, you know, she's um, sort of come into her abilities and if there's any fear of, um, you know, connecting with spirit, um, you know, ask as many questions as possible. And um, so, yeah, we, we advertise them. And it's word of mouth as well as uh, advertising. Uh, wow. Watch our Facebook page. And anybody can go. It's actually open to anybody who wants to come bring your questions, your open mind, uh, bring a friend. Um, we open it up because we know that uh, we don't want people to feel crazy. I mean, if you have a question yeah. about anything that you're experiencing, that you're afraid to talk with anybody else about, don't be afraid to talk to us about it because we, we're here. You know, we're, we're listening. And you know what that's all about because I'm sure – you would do the same thing if you were given the opportunity to do it. You'd have, you know, lots of people come and talk to you about things. And that's how you get um, a lot of information. And you learn about a lot of um, commonalities of experience because you can say, yeah, I've got a, a picture. And there'll be 20 people to tell you, oh, no, it's pareidolia. Or, oh, no, it's it's nothing. It's just a fleck of dust. Yeah. But if you've got 10 people that say, yeah, I, I saw a similar thing, you're connecting those people. And right. they're not feeling afraid anymore. They're not feeling crazy anymore. Um, they're getting validation, even if it's just talking to somebody who's had that same experience. And that's so important because, you know, there's fear and then there's understanding the fear and taking that fear and sort of researching it and coming up with, you know, a viable solution or a conclusion um, and talking to other people is a really good way to, um, you know, education about all of this. And that's what we're here for. We're here to educate people about it. So what's the website? Um, the website is georginaparanormalsociety.weebly.com. Okay. And the Facebook page? uh it's just Georgina Paranormal Society. Perfect. Excellent. No, Perfect. We'll keep an eye. You, if you ever want a, oh, yeah. a, a guest speaker who's been beat up by a poltergeist, I'd be happy to speak to it. 
I would love that, actually. Yeah. We know a guy. Yeah. 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 We know a guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So do yeah. you now through the, the paranormal survivor. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A true paranormal survivor for sure. Right. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, that was oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was fun. Now, was there anything else that you wanted to um, put out there about your group or anything else uh, just before we wrap it up? You know, I think in a, a broad context, I just want to uh, put it out there that, um, you know, there are genuine uh, paranormal investigators, genuine groups out there that really care. Um, and there are other groups out there who really are in this for the sensationalistic mm -hmm. qualities of all of this. Yeah. Um, just be really careful who you connect with and um, try and find people who are open-minded and uh who will listen to you and uh, help you um, in the quest to kind of learn more about whatever's going on. So just be careful. That's pretty much what uh, I would really want to get out there at this point. Agreed. Agreed. Awesome. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. Thank well, you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Linda. That was great. We really appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome. And hopefully we'll have you back on again. Yeah, then that be in the future. Fun. We got all these topics that we want to investigate, and it sounds like you've touched on a bunch of them. So mm -hmm. that would be that would be excellent. Oh, and there's sure a lot more. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, thank you very much, Linda, and uh, we'll be in touch, and we'll hook you up on the on Facebook. A couple of links and, and... fabulous. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Bye now. Okay. Bye bye. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.